Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for joining today. As always, thank you for watching on YouTube. Um, hit subscribe, like the video. If you are listening in podcast form, remember to leave a rating and subscribe as well. Coming up on the show today, the Blue Jays rumors that just won't go away. Some tough news for the Calgary Flames, but maybe some good news for the Calgary Flames. Um, just a little bit more on the college football playoff, because I can't leave well enough alone. Big news out of the Canadian Football League, and of course, it's Tuesday, so we look at the Fantasy Football Waiver Wire, and we get into the stupid but good Fantasy Football Team of the Week. Um, if you want more on the Flames, it is a Flames game day as they take on the Minnesota Wild tonight. Game over will be with Audie James this evening, so tune in for that. I think that's all I have to let you know. Oh, social medias. Find me on social media. Uh, I am at PrimetimeKlein, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show at CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. So, without any further ado, let's get into the Calgary Flames. It's a Flames game day as the Calgary Flames get ready to take on the Minnesota Wild and they get some tough news as Jacob Markstrom is going to be week to week with a hand injury apparently occurred in practice yesterday. There's a lot of layers to this. Let's start with the Markstrom part and it sucks. Um, this has been a major bounce back season for Jacob Markstrom, but now that kind of gets derailed a little bit as he goes out for probably a few weeks with this hand injury. And while you can talk about the, the rebuild and talk about this, that, and the other thing, the main part of this is for Jacob Markstrom, things were starting to go well again, and now that has been derailed. And that just, it sucks, right? So you are hoping that when he comes back, he is able to pick up that momentum and continue on because again, while a lot of people are looking for a teardown out here in Calgary, I don't think it's going to include him. And he is going to be a part of your future for the next little bit. So you want him to be as sharp as possible. And I, I think one of the big things for the Flames this season was to get him back on track. And now they have. And so um, you, you hope that that is able to continue now and move forward because that that is such a key part of what you are looking to do as an organization. Um, from the other part of this, obviously Dustin Wolf gets called up, and that is a player that people out here are very excited about from uh, a flame standpoint, as he is the future between the pipes for this team, and he has thrived everywhere he has gone. Juniors, the World Juniors, um, the American Hockey League, AHL playoffs, he has checked every box, and now it's time to see what he can do at the National Hockey League level. And this is... This is the opportunity now where he's going to get probably a bit of a sustained run. Uh, Dan Vladar gets the call and goal tonight, and we'll get to him in a second. But I would imagine we're going to see significantly more of Dustin Wolf. And this is something I had said from the beginning, is that I... I think it's better for his development to be with the big club, to be around the NHL um, defensemen, to be around NHL coaching every day, and that is no shot to anyone down at the American Hockey League level. It's just, this is now the level that he needs to be at. He needs to be familiar with the pace. He needs to be familiar with how this thing operates. So, let him. And I think that's going to be key. And the biggest key is just facing NHL competition night in, night out. So I hope he gets two, three, four games 
in this stint with, with Jacob Markstrom out. Um, I think it's going to be very important for him to, to get that kind of a run with this team. So I, I think that this is a really big opportunity to see where Dustin Wolf is at right now. And the last piece of this is obviously Dan Vladar. He is going to be starting in this game tonight, um, which I, I think makes sense. You don't want to just thrust uh, Wolf in there and like, hey, by the way, uh, I know you weren't thinking about being in the NHL as of 24 hours ago, but you're starting tonight. So have at it. You, you want to kind of ease him in a, a little bit more than that. And now, we have talked about it before, this is not an ease-into-it type of a schedule that the Flames have, and that makes it a little bit difficult. You, you do, I understand, like, at some point he's going to have to face everybody. Throwing him in there against, like, Carolina, New Jersey, all those teams, like, oh my god, this is going to be a lot. But I, I think Dan Vladar being there helps out quite a bit, and having him start tonight makes a whole lot of sense, and I think now for Dan Vladar, this is an opportunity, because it, it, it hasn't been the best season for him so far, but he's been fine, like, he's he's been a bit more up and down, which you would expect from a goalie, but now, uh, from a backup goalie, sorry, but now, he has an opportunity, again, he's going to get a bit more work here, I, I think that this is a chance to show what he can still do and an opportunity to maybe build up some trade value, build up some equity in the organization, what, however you want. It's very clear Dan Vladar is not in the long-term plans of the Calgary Flames. And so if you can now build him up as someone who can play a couple of games in a row, that ups the trade value maybe a little bit as well here for Dan Vladar. Or if on the negative side of things, because there could, like I'm, I'm being kind of glass half full with a lot of this right now. There's a chance both these guys get shelled and you come out uh, two weeks from now being like, what the fuck is going on? Um, there's a chance like he gets just absolutely boat raced and you just cut him. Like, you, you wave him, send him down to the American Hockey League, Wolf stays, whatever. Um, but th this is a time to, to really see what you have in Dan Vladar. And so, while this is a difficult situation, um, your, your starting goalie goes down in a league where there's not a lot of options out there. I, I do think that there is a real chance now for the Flames to make the most of this from an evaluation standpoint. Other things that I'm looking for tonight, um, Calgary just kind of got outplayed against Vancouver on Saturday night. And now, this is a wild team that has wildly struggled um, th this season, pun fully intended. They need to come out tonight and kind of reestablish things. It, again, it's such a weird team to, to... It's such a weird team to break down because <laughs> I'm looking at this from a this team still wants to make the playoffs standpoint because I think this team still wants to make the playoffs. And also, if you're breaking a team down based on a rebuild, it's like, yeah, everyone fucking sucks. Who cares? Move on to the next thing. And I don't want to do that. So... I am going to continue to analyze this Flames team as if they are trying to make the postseason, which people can get upset about their want to do that, but as it stands right now, this is a roster that is built to try to make the playoffs. So let's do that. And from a Flames standpoint, they have to be better tonight against Minnesota. They did not do a real good job in the puck retrieval against Vancouver, just going back over my notes from that game. The, the Canucks kind of kept a lot of plays alive and that put them in a tough spot. Lindholm showed up in the last five minutes, but he has been quiet more often than not in a lot of these games. I'm looking for him to step up. And another one that I'm really interested in tonight is Martin Pospisil. I think it started to fade a little bit. Like, And the, the difficult thing is that line is still going well, right? Like Zari's been great. Kadri's been the, the Kadri that you want him to be. And so this is that this is a line that, that is kind of going well. But Pospisil gets benched in the third period a couple of games ago and takes a really bad penalty against Elias Pettersson um, Saturday night against the Canucks. And it's just, it started to fade a little bit where maybe the, and look, like, I, I don't know if anyone was picturing him as, oh, this guy's going to be your second line right winger for forever. He was going to probably be uh, a bottom six guy who is going to provide a bit of a spark, who 
in limited showings on that top, uh, in, in a top six role can provide a spark there as well and kind of get things going. But I do think you're starting to see over longer periods of time, maybe that's not his bag. And he he's starting to kind of fall back into that role that he was supposed to be in. But and again, that's not a knock. He, he is absolutely an NHL player and a very valuable NHL player. But I'd like to see a little bit more from him tonight. He has started to kind of fade into the background, which is not the type of player that he is. So just a couple of things that I'm watching for. For Minnesota, I just want to see where it's gone wrong this year. Um, they, they were one of the more exciting teams in the league the last couple of years. And I have said from the beginning, I don't, I don't know if buyouts are necessarily the way to go. It gets you short term gets you out of an issue, but long term, holy hell, man, Minnesota's in some cap jail for a couple of years because of it now. So I'm I, I want to see what Minnesota has here tonight against the Flames. So that's just a bit of an NHL breakdown. We'll get to more hockey talk in today's ticket. But now it's time to get into the wild world of the baseball offseason. So the Toronto Blue Jays continued to be at the top of the rumor mill as reports came out this morning that Shohei Otani visited the Blue Jays site in Dunedin as they continue to pursue this free agent. That, it, it's a good sign. Again, I am still trying to not get too excited about this from a Blue Jays standpoint because still, as Ben Nicholson-Smith tweeted out today, the favorites still are the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, every bit of evidence that we are getting is pointing toward the Toronto Blue Jays, but the thing that concerns me about that is we heard at the beginning of the offseason, hey, if reports get out about our meetings and stuff like that, that looks poorly on you. And the only team that it's getting out about right now is the Blue Jays. So that's a little annoying um, and hope that doesn't come back to bite them. But I do think that going to Dunedin is a great sign because this is very clearly a player who cares about his body and cares about being and uh, the, the optimal athlete and things of that nature. And the Blue Jays have put in a lot of work down in Dunedin to get that facility to where it is the mecca for performance enhancement uh, legally. And um, it is like the place to be a, a professional athlete and a development center for for this team. And now they're trying to model Toronto after that as well, the, the facilities they have at the Rogers Center and trying to polish up that peg. Um, but this is, I think, a, a Blue Jays team that has put a lot of investment in the exact things that Shohei Otani is looking for. And to take Shohei through what apparently, I've never been, but what is apparently a world-class facility that they've put over $100 million in to show like, look, this is this is what we are doing and this is how we can help you be the best version of you. I think it's a really, really good sign that it has got to that point. And even... Like, I, I know a lot of naysayers, especially around this Blue Jays team for whatever reason, and I think we can come up with a couple, um, but for whatever reason, when the Blue Jays are involved in something, it's, ah, they're driving up the price. But this is a team that has been active it, with the big names in free agency for a bit now, right? Hyunjin Ryu, they've gone out and got George Springer. They got Kevin Gosman. They've taken big swings in the trade market, right? Like, they, they've gone out and and got um, Matt Chapman. Now, a couple of trades haven't worked. See, Dalton Varsho, but they have gone out and made some big acquisitions every year. This is a team that is doing this, and now this would be, for all that we have said about um, Atkins and Shapiro, this one specifically Shapiro, the work that he has done investing in things like Dunedin and things like the Rogers Center um, renovations, 
this would be such a proof of concept. I mean, proof of concept for everything in the organization. If you get the greatest free agent in the history of sports, or like top two, um, if you get him to come to Toronto, this is proof of concept for what they've done in Dunedin, the work they've done to modernize the Rogers Center, and everything like that, just to get in the door here and be one of the finalists for Shohei Otani is a, a real proof of the investment that they have made. Now, you still have to build around them, and you still have, like, just getting Shohei Otani isn't the, the the magic pill that gets you to the World Series. See the LA Angels, right? They have him and Mike Trout, and they haven't done shit. But this is now such an amazing time for the Blue Jays. And again, he, he may not even come. He may not even come. But to the, like, this is why you put all that money into this other shit that us fans never see. Because it gets you in the door, and it gets you like a, hey, look. This is, this is how much we care about you. This is what we want you to see. So, and this is how much we want you to succeed. It's not just, yeah, we want the best thing for you. Now, here's a T hidden into this cage that's a thousand years old. That the, They have put a lot of work in for, and it, it almost, like, the more I talk about it, the more it feels like actually a perfect marriage. And I'm not just saying that because he's the most exciting player and it's my favorite baseball team, but they have put so much work into the sports science stuff, and I don't know if there's a player alive that cares more about the sports science stuff than Shohei Otani. So the latest rumors have the Blue Jays being very close to Shohei Otani. Um, obviously, if that news breaks, I'm going to come on here and just giggle for half an hour, and that'll be the breakdown. But um, it's exciting stuff, and... It's just fun, man. And once that domino falls, I think a lot falls into place in the trade market. Uh, you probably see Soto go to the Yankees as much as I would love the Jays to be like, all right, we got uh, Otani. Now, here's Manoa and fucking everything. Um, here's the Buffalo Bisons. There, go. Um, give a Shohei Otani and load up that way. I, I can't imagine that actually happens. But um, I think a lot falls into place coming off of that. So we, we will see, but it, it's... It's a whole lot of fun to be a Blue Jays fan right now, even just to dream a little bit. It's always fun. Uh, now, there, there's a lot to get to in this next part. Let's talk some football. Oh, <laughs> wrong button. Um, okay, let's start with the college football playoff. And after the show, and I, I will admit, uh, yesterday's show, I, I wasn't at 100 on that one. Um, I, I will admit, your boy was a little bit tired. It, it's been... It's been a lot the last couple of weeks, but we're, we're grinding through and I am, I just want to say like, that sounded like a complaint. I'm having a fucking blast right now, man. Talking with you guys every day, seeing uh, some numbers low, some numbers improve, um, but talking with you guys every day, getting a chance to, to travel around Calgary, doing some play-by-play and down to, to Okotoks as well, ring announcing, which I'm doing again Friday night. Like I am a kid in a candy store right now. I'm just having a blast with everything I'm doing right now. But I, I will admit, like, I was not at my peak yesterday. And so I was going back over. I was like, I kind of wanted to drive a couple of things home. And then admittedly listening um, to uh, the Bet the Board podcast, they were talking about like, hey, why was Washington a lock? And I was like, hey, wait a minute. Why was Washington a lock? Like, if we're looking at, well, we just want the best four teams. Washington was a nine and a half. Like, go back and listen to today's ticket. I picked Oregon to cover eight and a half. Washington wasn't this juggernaut that was plowing through the last remnants of the Pac-12 and onto a, a national playoff game. No, they were expected to lose by 10, and they didn't, but that was enough to get them in the national championship. And not just in the national championship, two, second, second. Like, you can make a very compelling case, and honestly, I probably should, that Florida State should have been in there over Washington and Alabama. 
Um, I, I, I don't mind Texas being in their big 12 win and getting an opportunity, um, to, to get in there after beating Alabama. Um, they, they should be ranked ahead of, uh, of the, the Crimson Tide. But now I'm looking at Washington. It's like, Hey, wait, 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 wait. Why was Washington a lock? Why, why, why was I saying, oh, well, of course Washington was in. Like, wait a minute. No, no, they shouldn't have been. So thank you to that podcast for waking me up. And right, like you just look at it. I'm still in shock that Florida State goes in, wins the conference, and now is like undefeated, beats LSU, who is fifth coming into the year, who might have the Heisman Trophy winner on their team, BT dubs, and didn't get a sniff. I don't get it. And another point that was brought up over the last little bit, why were they ranked so high to begin with then? Why did you have them in, have them win, and then still not make it? I don't understand that. And th there's a lot that you can look into. Obviously, there's going to be talk about SEC this, SEC that. Like, th there is th there is absolutely no escaping that. 100%. I, I can totally see where where that's coming from. Um, I do... Like, it it's not out of the realm that the SEC champion should be in. Right? Like, that, that, that one, it it's a tough argument to not make, I suppose. Um, because the SEC is so good, four teams in the top 15 or whatever the fuck it is. Um, but that Alabama team was not overly impressive until the last couple of weeks. And people are going to say, oh, well, you have to get the SEC. They're, they're not going to get that, that Alabama money not in there. And then Texas being in over Florida State, you can have a lot of talk about, um, like, well, the ESPN tied with the, the Big 12 and uh, the, the Texas Longhorn Network and you need that Texas money and blah, 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 blah. It's just, there's a lot of finger pointing. And I, I think this would have set a dangerous precedent if they weren't going to 12 because it would be really tough to recruit to the ACC telling players, look, and it would be ammunition for everyone, right? Like, it'd be ammunition out in the Big 10 with Michigan it, it getting in. It'd be ammunition... I was going to say in the Pac-12, that's not a thing anymore. So I guess still the Pac-10 or the Big Ten um, with um, with Washington and the SEC. Like, look, man, one loss and you still get into the national time, uh, national championship picture. And the Big 12 as well with Texas, who I guess is also going to the SEC. Fuck, man, all this stuff's getting messed up. But the, the point being, it'd be tough for an ACC to um, go recruit some of the, the top recruits. Be like, okay, so we're going to play a top five team, potentially the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, we're gonna win the, uh, the the conference. We're gonna go undefeated, but we still might not might not make it into the playoff. So just sign there, uh, like that. That's a tough sell to to these recruits, right? So, it's it is a real difficult conversation. Still, a couple of days removed from Florida State not getting in, and it's just like you can a lot aside from the injury to the quarterback, you can make a lot of the same arguments for um for Washington not necessarily deserving a spot in than Florida State. So it's just. It's interesting, is all. Um, just before the podcast here, there was some news out in Hamilton as they have made massive changes. And we have talked throughout the season that the Hamilton Tiger Cats were probably going to make a change if this season didn't go well. They had the Grey Cup. They had a lot of... Um, they, they, they put a lot of money into this season going out and getting Bo Levi Mitchell. There was a lot of expectations this year and it didn't go well, right? Like they were very, by the end of the season, they were so very clearly the third best team in the East division. And then Montreal beats them handily in the East semifinal in Montreal. So that's how far away Hamilton was from it. That like, it was obvious changes were going to be made, but it didn't 
for a little bit. And so I just kind of thought, well, they've maybe come to their senses a little bit. Orlando Steinauer is one of the better football minds in the CFL, so maybe they're just letting them have it. And then today, basically as I was about to hit record, um, news comes down. Orlando Steinauer is just going to focus on his role as president of football ops. Ed Hervey comes in as the general manager and a new coach will be brought in within a week. Um, this one is a little bit surprising. It like Steinauer keeps a job, so that's good. But like from a, a Saskatchewan standpoint, as much as I love Corey Mace, if Orlando Steinauer is available, he becomes best coach available. But maybe that's not necessarily what he wants in this situation. Um, so the timing of it does surprise me a little bit that you wait for everything to be done and then, okay, well, we'll, we'll take what's left. Now what's left is potentially Scott Milanovic or, um, or Buck Pierce, which I, I think are both fine options as your head coach. And then Ed Hervey coming in is that the GM is a, a fine GM. He's had some ups and downs, but the ups have been really, really high, um, out in Edmonton. I think that this, like, change had to happen. It, it really did. When you see how this had all fallen apart out in Hamilton. And president of football ops and head coach is a lot to take on in 2023 in the Canadian Football League. And I understand a lot of teams are going to try to do it um, because of the, the coaching cap, which remains the stupidest fucking thing I've heard. But change was needed. I'm just surprised it happened. I don't want to say this late in the offseason. We haven't even been a month removed from the, the Grey Cup, but it, it does feel a little bit surprising to, to happen after a lot of the, the dust has settled. But now you potentially, because I would say that the, the odds on favor right now would be Scott Milanovic, but we'll see about coaching cap and things like that. Um, but if you have Milanovic, or not even including a coach, we're assuming they're going to hire a smart coach. So that person, along with Ed Hervey, who has been to some high levels, and Orlando Steinauer, who I think is one of the, the better minds in the Canadian Football League, that's a lot of brain power in Hamilton to try to turn this thing around. So we will never know, but I'll be interested in how much say Orlando Steinauer does still have in the football side of things. Um, with Ed Hervey there as GM, like obviously he's Ed Hervey's boss, but how much say does he have in getting a couple of roles taken away from him and who the next head coach is? So change was necessary. Change is happening in Hamilton. And if I'm a Ticats fan, I'm, I'm approaching this with cautious optimism because I think there's a lot of smart people staying involved and going to be involved in the process out in Hamilton. Uh, let's get to the NFL now. It is time for the fantasy football portion of the week, uh, looking at the fantasy football waiver wire and then the stupid good fantasy football team to close the show today. So let's start with the waiver wire. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he is 23% owned, coming off of a strong week for the Indianapolis Colts um, in a, a win over the Tennessee Titans. I forgot to write down who the Colts are going to be playing in this upcoming week. Indianapolis gets the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's going to be an interesting matchup um, coming off of what Cincinnati did here Um on Monday Night Football, but it's not a defense that I think, oh, well, you can't start a quarterback against them. I think Gardner Minshew, there isn't a lot left um, through bye weeks and everyone needing depth quarterbacks and all of that. There isn't a lot left. Gardner Minshew is absolutely the best fantasy football choice at the quarterback position. At running back, um, you have Ezekiel Elliott, 40% owned. I would imagine Ramondre Stevenson is just kind of done for the season. So Zeke is going to be a very big factor, I think, in that backfield in New England going forward. And one of the ones who is like, you're going to get a lot of work here. Um, the, the rest of them, we have another one who's going to get that as well. Um, and that is Tajay Spears at 36% owned. 
the the offensive line isn't great, but he's starting to get more of the look now as this team transitions into kind of a new era. They want to see what they have in Ty J Spears. I think he's going to be getting the majority of the work now in Tennessee going forward. So that is absolutely a running back you should be targeting at 36% owned. And finally, Roshan Johnson, 21% owned um, out in Chicago. I feel like he is going to be kind of the guy for Chicago going forward again as they look at what they have for the future as well. And at 21% owned, I think there's a lot of value there. So some big running backs to pick up in what should be the final week of the regular season for you. At wide receiver, Jamison Williams, 24% owned. I just think that a big moment is coming for him uh, in that Detroit offense. And they're now, as that defense is getting picked apart more and more, they're in more and more shootouts. So we'll see what they can do with that. Um, You have Zay Jones at 21% owned. There are some injuries going on um, that I think have kind of opened things up for him a little bit. So I I think he should be looked at at 21% owned. And Khalil Shakur, um, 12% owned. He is one where this is a bit more of a home run swing. Um, and just kind of a speculative, like, hey, you were a big part of this offense a couple of weeks ago. Let's see what you have here. And the last one is Jonathan Mingo, as the the targets have started to go up for him over the last few weeks. He is 7% owned. I think someone you should try to pick up. Tight end, there's not a lot out there. Isaiah Likely still the best ad at 36%. And we have three defenses that we're looking at this week. It is uh, the Green Bay defense at 21% owned. They're getting the New York Giants this week. Points of plenty to be had for Green Bay. Uh, Houston against the New York Jets at 16% owned. See moments ago, that moment of flourish. Same thing here, points of plenty. And Minnesota against Vegas at 14% owned. Um, Minnesota's defense is actually okay, and the Raiders' offense is actually not. So I, I think that this is a, an opportunity there for that defense to step up. So those are the fantasy football waiver targets of the week. Of course, in fantasy football, it can be quite cruel. And it can be... Really, really frustrating sometimes when you have put in all of this research, check out all the sites, all the videos, all the podcasts, um, and it ends up not necessarily going your way. And then you see a play, it's like, who the fuck was that guy who just got those points? So each week, to show you how cruel this can be, and maybe also for a bit of therapy, I go through what would be the worst fantasy football team going into the week that absolutely thrived this week. We'll start at quarterback. It's Jake Browning, 10% owned for Cincinnati. You 10% are sickos, but he puts up 25.66 fantasy points. Chase Brown, also of Cincinnati, 1% owned, which honestly seems high, uh, but he puts up 6.1 fantasy points. Our running backs didn't do great this week. A lot of y'all own running backs. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, 27% owned for Philadelphia, 4.7 fantasy points. This is where we start to make our money here. Alec Pierce for the Indianapolis Colts, 2% owned, 16 fantasy points. And now, something that I would love to get every breakfast, we have a trio of bagels. Because we have Parker Washington for Jacksonville. No idea. 0% owned, 12 fantasy points. Harrison Bryant, 0% owned, which is appropriate uh, for Cleveland. 10.9 fantasy points at our tight end. In our flex, it's Demarcus Robinson, 0% owned, 11.5 fantasy points for the LA Rams this week. And then our kicker, Anders Carlson, who absolutely sounds like a uh, Swedish league hockey player, 2% owned, 11 fantasy points. Our defense out in Houston puts up 10 fantasy points against Denver. So this bad fantasy football team put up 107.9 fantasy points this week. Again, showing how cruel this thing really can be. Um, All right, 
let's close the show today with uh, today's ticket. All right, we got five games on today's ticket today. We will start with uh, the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, the Bucks favored by four and a half in the in-season tournament. I like the Bucks in this spot. I um, New, New York's defense is going to do all they can to try to slow this Milwaukee team down. But I, I do think that the Bucks. They, they tend to turn it on a little bit late. I think the Bucks come away with this one here. Phoenix plus 105 against the Lakers. I just think Phoenix even with whoever banged up at whatever time, is going to be able to operate this offense a little bit better than the, the Lakers, who have kind of been stuck in the mud in the half court a little bit and sneakily haven't been defending all that well. So I think Phoenix can come away. We get them at plus money at plus 105. I will absolutely take that. And then three hockey games tonight. Uh, Vancouver minus 108 just to beat the New Jersey Devils. Devils in a bit of a slide. I really like what I saw from the Canucks on Saturday. Um, so we'll go with them. This is a different one for me. But the Islanders don't strike me as a team that blows teams out, and San Jose is actually playing better. So we got San Jose plus one and a half at plus money. We are going to take that. Uh, give me San Jose plus one and a half. And then the Rangers taking on the Ottawa Senators. It's not been going great out in Ottawa lately. I think the Rangers put a stamp on them with a one and a half point win today. So five games on the ticket today. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. Coming up later on today, I have a bonus combat show for you. I'm still trying to think of a name for it, but right now it's just a bonus episode. Um, so no episode coming out tomorrow, but there was so much that happened in fight sports over the weekend. I want to dive into all of it, and I was just, I, like we talked about yesterday, was not on my peak yesterday and wanted to be because there's a lot of fun stuff I want to talk about on this fight show. So that is coming up a little bit later on today. Thursday, we're going to get into power rankings and I'm going to do the college football playoff for the NFL. It's the NFL football playoff. It makes sense, trust me. Um, so that is, the, the committee is working hard to see who are the four teams who should get playoff spots this week in the National Football League. And then coming up on Friday, we got new fights to make out of um, what was a fun UFC card that we're going to get to here in a few moments. Um... And I don't think any pound for pound stuff necessarily changed today, um, but we will get into that um, on Friday's show as well. Plus, we are going to be looking at the world of professional wrestling. The G1 wrapped up a while ago. AEW is doing their own. What would a WWE G1 look like? So we're going to look at a WWE one coming up on Friday as well as um, the full NFL breakdown on that show. So a lot still to come this week. As always, follow me on social media. If you're watching this video, subscribe, hit like, that stuff helps. And um, if you're listening in podcast form, you can leave a rating and a review um, and subscribe to the podcast. I would appreciate it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will talk to all of you later. Have a good day.